I'll try not to go off the edge. In case you don't know who I am, I thought I'd just introduce myself to you before I start this morning. Uh, my name's Claire. I'm an AOG minister, and I've been ministering for the past 11 years in Western Supermare. I've been leading a, yeah, an awesome little church uh, up there, and uh, it's been my privilege to have served that church for as long as I have, but I believe that God is calling me into new things now, and I'm looking to get into the state, so please pray for me. I need a visa, and it's taking forever. So, uh, but I'm looking to go and serve over there as an outreach pastor at a church called River Valley Church in Minnesota. And uh, I'm in the middle of fundraising and visa applications and all of that kind of stuff. But um, I was born and raised in Exeter. My family are all here. If you know John and Angela, they're my mum and dad. So there you are. That's the connection. I also became a Christian in this very room. So in 2002, I gave my life to Jesus in this very room. I also got the call to ministry in this very room. Six months later, I was only 17 years old, and God said to me, Claire, one day you are going to be a pastor. And I was like, no, thank you, Lord. But there you go. His will be done always, right? <laughs> and he was right. And uh, so this church is a very special church to me because of all of that connection. It's where I grew up in faith. Aaron and Rachel pastored me well as youth pastors. And then when I was at university, they took on the reins here at the church. And so they became my pastors for a time. And it was just, it's been great to come back and to be able to serve you guys. And uh, I'm honored to be able to share the word of God today. And uh, so one of the vision statements that we have here at Riverside for this year is that we want people to know God. We want people to know God. We want to introduce people to the hope that we now have. We want them to know the Savior that can heal them and set them free and deliver them and bring them purpose and strength and joy and freedom. I believe also that we should want to know God more. <laughs> as his disciples, because we never run out. He never runs out. There's so much depth and richness to the Lord. And so we want to push in to all that he has for us over this year. And we're currently exploring what it means to know God through the verse from Revelation chapter 4. So if you've got your Bibles, you might want to turn to that. And I'm just going to read the one verse today. I'd encourage you to read the whole chapter, though. We've heard it read out over the past couple of weeks. But the, the key verse that we're focusing on is Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. And it's, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. The message paraphrase says, worthy, O Master, yes, our God. I love that. It's like cheering to God. Yes, our God. Take the glory, the honor, the power. You created it all. It was created because you wanted it. And we have heard over the past two weeks about the indescribable glory of our God. How we must ask God to reveal his glory to us so that we can be his glory carriers to the world around us. We can now encounter the glory of God because of all that Jesus did on the cross. Gareth was talking about that last week. How the glory of God is no longer contained inside a temple or a tabernacle. The glory of God is available to us today. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. 
And this quote, I'm sorry, I used it at prayer, but I think it's an amazing quote. And it just summarizes glory (laughs) really quickly in case you've missed the past two weeks. And this is what Rick Warren says about it. What is the glory of God? It is who God is. It is the essence of his nature, the weight of his importance. Aaron was talking about how the glory is a weight. The radiance of his splendor, the demonstration of his power, and the atmosphere of his presence. And I believe that as God's people, we should want to be a church that encounters that glorious presence of God. So that we can be transformed by it and carry his glory to the world around us. I would encourage you to listen to the podcast that Aaron and, of Aaron and Gareth preaches because they were great opening up the glory of God to us. And what I realized when I was listening to these guys is that we sing and we pray these words so often, don't we? Glory and honor and power. But do we actually know what they mean? There's such a depth and a a richness to it. And it's great that we have the opportunity over these coming few weeks still to really get into these words, to get into the word of God, to study them in more depth. And uh, because we don't only want to be a church that encounters the glory of God, we want to be a church that honors God in all that we do. And that is our second word for today. It is honor. It's the second word there in Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. If you're bored of that verse now, tough, because we are going to keep saying it and saying it, and saying it, and saying it, because we're serious about this. We want people to know God in his glory. We want them to know what it means to honor God. We want to encounter God in his power. I believe honor is an appropriate word, isn't it, to be considering today (laughs) on Remembrance Sunday, as we honor those who have died for our freedom. And I had the privilege actually recently of attending a retreat at a place called Harn Hill, which is near to Sirencester. It's a beautiful place. And at the same time that I was there, there was an army chaplain there called Tom. And uh, we spent a bit of time just talking together. And what I found incredible, I don't think I realized this. I was probably a bit thick. You probably did. But they have to go through all the basic training, even as a chaplain of the army, to be able to serve in that role. He had been on tours in Afghanistan and in Iraq already, and he's in his, I don't know what age he is now, but he's, he's been shot at. He's, you know, he's ministered to these men who have lost people actually right there on the field. And so I believe we should honor <laughs> these people today. They're doing an incredible, I couldn't do it. It's hard enough being in a church, <laughs> let alone on an actual battlefield. Sometimes the church feels like a battlefield, right? It does let alone actually being shot at. So it's important that we honor these people. And so it's a really appropriate word to be considering today. But I just wonder, do we know what honor really means? What is honor? And so I'd like you just to take a minute, if that's okay, to talk to your neighbor. I believe in getting people to think about things, not me just feeding you the stuff. What do you believe honor is? What is honor? Talk to your neighbor about that for a minute. I'm not going to come and kind of scare you and thrust a microphone in your face. Hannah is really brave at that. Like, but she knows you guys. I don't know you guys so well, so I'm not going to do that today. Give me time. <laughs> but just, just talk to one another. What do you believe honor is? And we'll come back in a minute. I can see that some people have a lot to say, and some people are like, I have no idea how to describe honor. It's hard, isn't it? 
It's hard. Well, welcome to my week. <laughs> I've been trying to, to find out what honour means, what it's all about. And to understand honour from a biblical perspective, we need to understand what honour meant to the culture and the society at that time. Because honour was a massive deal in ancient societies. You only have to read the ancient texts like the Odyssey, that kind of thing, to see that. And we can watch those awesome movies today like The Gladiator <laughs> Woo! and things where honour is a massive big deal to that society. It was a lofty way of life that people really aspired to live a life of honour. And because of that, cowardice and treachery were really despised. And there's a great example that when a deserter from the Greek army offered to poison his Greek king in exchange for Roman protection, the Romans sent the deserter back to the, the, his own army. They said, I know you're trying to help us. That's lovely. I know you're trying to help us win a victory against our enemy, but we believe in honor. And you have deserted your army and you're going to poison your king. You can go back to them. And he was sent back to them and he was killed by them because that's how highly the Romans prized honor. If you lost honor in their eyes, you were in a place of shame and unworthiness and unimportance. And you had to fight to try and be back in that position of honor again. So honor was a word loaded with significance for many of the early followers of Christ because they saw that value in play in society around them, which was largely controlled by the Romans, of course, at that time. They understood that to honor someone meant to confer dignity onto them. To honor someone meant that they were a person full of integrity, full of excellence, full of worthiness, full of importance. Now, let's just think about that for a moment in relation, in relation to our relationship with God. To give God honor means just that. It means we recognize his excellence. We recognize his worthiness. We recognize his importance. It's conferring on the Lord ultimate respect and worth. The actual Greek word in there, I'm sorry, I'm a teacher by gifting, so if I preach, you'll get the Greek. <laughs> and uh, it's spelt time, if you like to write notes. It's spelt time, T-A-M-E, but you pronounce it T-M-E. And it literally means a valuing by which the price is fixed. A valuing by which the price is fixed. It is valuing something or somebody. And by that value you place on it, it bestows on them worth. Isn't that great? It means showing reverence and deference to someone of rank and status. It can also be translated as to esteem and to be precious. And again, thinking about it in relation to our relationship with God, honoring him therefore means that we value him, that we show reverence and deference to him, and we express his worthiness. Dictionary.com, that awesome website, <laughs> dictionary.com, also defines honor as to worship and to bow. So to summarize, what does it mean to honor God? To honor God means to esteem and to revere him. It means to worship him and bow to him. It means to respectfully defer to him. It means that we recognize his excellence 
and his worth and his preeminence. There is nothing, no one greater than our God. And to honor him means that we live our lives recognizing that how, that's our second question, how do we honor God? Because it's all very well talking about it, isn't it? Hopefully we understand a bit more what that word means today now, honor. But what in practice does a life of honor actually look like? Because trust me, if you want to honor God, it is more than just singing a few songs on a Sunday morning. However, I mean, these guys do a great job and we need this. Oh my gosh, we need this. But if we truly want to honor God, it goes from the Sunday into the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. To live a life honoring to God will bring a challenge and a conviction and a change to our lives. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? We demonstrate honor to God through our attitudes. We've already looked at that. It's an attitude of respect and reverence. We honor God through our affections, admiration, adoration, awe. That is an appropriate response in honor to our God. But we also have to honor God in our actions. And that's where I want to focus more now today. Because I believe it's important that I equip you <laughs> to live a life of honor. We don't just stand up here and read the words and it's lovely up here in your head. It needs to get down to your heart. So you can live a life of honor to God. Now in this life, we've got many things that demand our time and attention, don't we? Family, work, social commitments, volunteering opportunities, uh, our relationships, music, football teams, rugby teams. Hey, Wales yesterday, Gareth. Woo! Yeah. There's so much that demands our affection. There's so much that demands our attention. And while these things are in no way bad... And they all, to a certain degree, add some level of richness to our lives. How often we can fall into the trap of spending all of our time and all of our energy and all of our money and all of our affections on things that ultimately they don't matter, do they? Fleeting things of this world that do not last. And in the process, we bestow our honor on them because that is what we are focusing on. That is where all our time and all our attention is going, and we fail to honor God. Matthew 22, verse 37 says, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. All. Notice that? All. He doesn't just want a part of us here today. We cannot divide our honor between Him and something and somebody else. We have to make a choice. Because he deserves and he demands our entire honor today. In practice, honoring God means we live a life of submission and surrender and obedience to him alone. Romans 12 verse 1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. To honor God in action means that we obey him. It means that we submit to him. It's to live with him as our all in all, surrendered. Who or what are you bowing to today? Who or what are you bowing to today? 
We cannot divide our honor, the honor that he deserves, between him and something else. Who or what is at the center of your life today? Who or what are you bowing to? Perhaps it's a boss that tells you it doesn't really matter if you fiddle your taxes or your timesheet a bit. Perhaps it's a family member who tells you that coming to church doesn't really matter. Perhaps it's a friend who wants to go out drinking and you know that if you go out, you're going to end up drunk and you're going to be in a mess, but you go anyway. Perhaps it's your inner voice that tells you, hey, it doesn't matter if I read the Bible, it doesn't matter if I pray, it doesn't matter if I look at that website, it doesn't matter if I watch that TV program. And before we know it, we are bowed to that thing which is worth nothing. And we have lost the only thing that is worth having, a living, vibrant relationship with our God, committed, purpose-filled, full of love and freedom and joy and challenge. (laughs) What are you bowing to today? I'm continually challenged by those words of John chapter 3, verse 30 to 31, he must increase and I must decrease. He who comes from above is above us all. Do you really believe that today? Is the message of your life saying that today? If somebody looked at you, would they look at you and think that is a life lived for the honor of God? Would they know that? Our flesh rebels against it, doesn't it? (laughs) He must increase, but I must decrease. It rebels. It rebels. But we know God should take precedence. We know We know that it's not about us and it's all about him. It's only when we realize this and we surrender to him that he is truly honored in our lives. Is it easy? No, it's not. You know, when God said to me, Claire, you are going to be in vocational ministry. That is what you're going to do with your life. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I'd much rather go and I was going to do ancient history at university And I wanted to be an archaeologist for a brief time. (laughs) That's what I wanted. But then Jesus came into my life and everything changed. But I still didn't want to be a minister. No. I was like, God, what are you doing? I'm 18 years old. Have you noticed I'm a woman and I'm not a man? Have you noticed that? Have you noticed? (laughs) I hope you've noticed. And, um, And I fought with God for a long time. I fought with him. I was like, do you know what, God? I can't. I can't do this. I went to Bible college because I felt that that was going to be at least partial obedience, so at least I could study some more the Word of God. But all the way through, I was like, you know what, God, I can't do this. I can't, I can't. You know, one day he said to me, no, Claire, you can't, but I can. Just just surrender. Just surrender to my will. (laughs) And I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did because he truly does know best. You know, when he asks us to do something that is hard, He's only asking us to do that thing because he loves us. It's always for our good. It's always to reach the lost. It's always so that he can be glorified. But this tension, this tension of feeling that pull to give his honor somewhere else, this tension, this battle we feel to not surrender fully to him, it's not a new thing, is it? Because in Malachi, we read that God tells the people of Israel off for just that very thing. I'll just read two verses. In Malachi 1, verse 6 and 7, it says this. A son honors his father, 
and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? This is God speaking. Where is my honor? Where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear, says the Lord of hosts to you? You say, how have we despised your name? By offering polluted food upon my altar. Are you offering polluted food to God today? Are you offering him half measures? Are you bowing to something else other than him? Where is your honor today? Now, before anyone gets their knickers in a twist, because they might, I know I've been doing this long enough, salvation is a free gift of grace. I am not talking about salvation by works here today. I don't believe in that. But I do believe that our lives should be lived in response to his grace. Surely, if we truly understood what God has done for us, we should want to live a life of honor for him in response to all that he has done. It may not be a popular message. It never is one of surrender and submission and obedience. But that's what it takes (laughs) to honor him. What price are you prepared today to honor God? What might you have to give up here today? What relationship might you need to walk away from? What relationship might you need to fight harder for? What job might you need to start, even though you're going to be paid half the amount you're being paid right now? What might God ask you to give financially over and above to today? What do you need to say yes to? that you know you've been sat on the fence in disobedience for ages. What might you need to start doing? Spending more focused time in prayer and Bible study, fasting, going on retreat? What is it? What is it that you can do today to bring honor to God? Because God speaks in the Bible very specific ways that he wants us to honor him. And he wants a specific response from his people today. That's why we preach We don't preach so that people go out of here the same way. We preach so that people are changed. What response do you need to make to God today? How can you greater honor him with your life? God, the Bible speaks of even more specific ways for us to honor God. And for some of you, you might like the specifics like me. I am a detailed person. (laughs) I like the detail. So let me give you a few of those in case you're like, okay, I want to live a surrendered life, but what does that mean? Like, does that mean I can give up this relationship, but I can stay in control of my money? The answer is no, by the way, because he wants every area of our life. But let's look at it. According to the Bible, we need to honor God in our finances. In our finances. Proverbs 3 verse 9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth. And with the first fruits of your produce. Are you tithing in this place today? Now, I don't know you, so I can say this stuff. It's kind of a bit harder for Aaron sometimes. It is when you're the pastor. But he says in his word, he is honored when we give him our best. When we give him our first fruits. Because everything that we own, by the way, is given to us in trust anyway. It doesn't belong to us, does it? It belongs to him and he's just entrusted it to us. But God does not deserve our polluted food. He does not deserve our second best, the scraps that are left over when we get to the end of our pay packet at the end of the month. He says, honor me with your finances, (laughs) with your wealth. And that means we give of our best, even in those months when it's nearly impossible. I have had months when I'm like, well, Lord, you're going to have to come through. 
Because how the heck am I going to pay the rent and pay my bills and still eat something other than baked beans on toast? But, you know, God, I can remember one of the first questions I ever asked Aaron was, do I have to tithe off of my student loan? Like, I don't know if you remember that. Because I was trying to understand what tithing meant. He said no, by the way. But he said, well, he's trying to understand what it meant. And I was just brought up in this culture of you give of your first fruit. That's what you do. You give of the best. And do you know what? I have never lacked. I have always paid my bills. I have always eaten. I have always been able to go out for a coffee with my friend. I mean, that's a blessing, isn't it? And why? That's because I give God my first, my best as much as I can. I'm sure sometimes I've messed up. We all do, by the way. But God says, honor the Lord with your wealth, (laughs) with your wealth. We can't honor money above God. It says that. You cannot serve both God and money. What are you bowing to today? God or money? In relation to our finances as well, in Proverbs 14, verse 31, it says, whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker. But he who is generous to the needy honors him. He who is generous to the needy honors him. If we want to honor God, we need to look after the poor, the orphans, the widows, the imprisoned, those in slavery, those in court and injustice. You'll get to know me over time, but that is my heart. I would work in the social justice field all of my life. (laughs) You know, I'm working at St. Petrol's with the homeless at the moment. Give me a room full of homeless people above a room full of businessmen any day. Any day. Because God, God works for justice for these people. And he says that if we are to honor him, we need to be generous to those who are needy. To honor God, we need to give him our finances. We also need to honor God in our relationships. Again, what are you bowing to today? Are you bowing to somebody else or are you bowing to him? But we bring honor to God when we are honoring to others. And in Romans 12 verse 10, it says, outdo one another in showing honor. We should be competing in here today to be the most honoring person we can be. Because it says, outdo one another. (laughs) Outdo one another in showing honor. And even more specifically within relationships, it says in Exodus 20, verse 12, honor your father and mother. My mom and dad are sat over there. Honor your mother and father, (laughs) that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given to you. We honor God when we honor one another, when we honor our parents, when we honor our church leaders. In 1 Timothy 5, verse 17, it says, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. Are we honoring our church leaders here today? We also need to honor the elderly. That's why stuff like lunch club and things are so important. It says in Leviticus 19 verse 32, you shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man and you shall bring glory to God. We honor God by honoring other people. Not rocket science, is it? (laughs) How are you and your behavior with those around you today? Honor God in our finances. Honor God in our relationships. We also need to honor God with our bodies. This is not a very popular one. But 1 Corinthians 6 verse 18 to 20 says, Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you? And was given to you by God. 
You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit here today, if we are following Christ. And we honor God by living a pure and holy life within our body. We need to watch what we're eating. We need to watch what we're drinking. We need to watch what we're watching, what we're listening to. We need to watch our relationship with sex. We do. It's so hard today. It's so difficult to be. I'm single. I get it. It's so difficult sometimes because all of the messages that we're bombarded with is it's normal to have a sexual relationship with somebody else, you know? But it says in this passage that we must honor God with our bodies. And that means that we live a pure and holy life. And one day, you know, these bodies are only temporary. Thank the Lord for that. (laughs) Anyone going, thank you, Jesus. We're going to get a new body one day, aren't we? But for the moment, this is all we have. This is the vessel that we have to take the word of God to the world that is dying. So we need to honor God with our bodies. We also need to honor God with our, in our hearts. We've already looked at that. Our attitudes, our affections. 1 Peter 3 verse 15 says, In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. And in our actions, an attitude of submission. Read Hebrews 13 verse 18 when you go home. You can do that as homework. We need to act honorably towards God in all things. When we bow to God in all of these areas here today, he is honored. That's what it means to honor God, when he is in control of all these areas of our life. When we are surrendered and when we are submitted to him in every single way. Are you prepared to honor God above everything and everyone else in your life today? By surrendering to him as Lord of your life. Are you bowing to him alone today? Or is your honor divided between him and something else, someone else? Or is your honor, if you're honest, entirely elsewhere? You have to choose who or what is most important in your life. You have to choose who or what is most worthy to get all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. You need to choose who gets your time, who gets your attention, resource. You have to choose. You have to choose who gets your life. Who gets it today? God wants it. He demands and he deserves it. And if you want to honor him, that's what it means. Submit to him today. Submit to him today. We honor him by giving him our lives because he is worthy of nothing less. He is worthy of nothing less, is he? He deserves our lives today. He's worthy of nothing less. It's not easy. Things will come, temptations will come to pull your dedication and your devotion into different directions. But if you're saying to God, God, today, I want to live a life of honor to you. You know what needs to happen. I just want to conclude today. And uh, by leading us in a prayer. And perhaps you know that you have put something before God today. And in the process, you have given that thing, that honor that he deserves. Remember, you cannot divide your honor. Who or what are you bowing to today? 
Perhaps you have bowed to the wrong voice in your finances, in your relationships, in your body, in your heart, in your activity. Know that God is a God of grace here today. But the Holy Spirit also comes to convict and challenge and change. Perhaps you're in this place and you have never made the decision to follow Christ. You have never before bowed to Jesus. Today can be the day that you say to him, you know what, God, I don't understand this all. But what I know is I'm making a mess of my life. (laughs) And I can't do it without you. Today, say to God, I bow to you as my Lord and Savior. Today, I choose to honor you by saying yes to you. If this resonates with you today, or you simply, just like me, want to say to God again, take my life. I want to honor you in all that I do. I'm going to read the lyrics of a song, actually, as a prayer. The song is called A Million Lifetimes, and River Valley Worship have written it. Use this moment now to respond to him. Remember, he wants a specific response from us today. He wants us to live a life of honor, not just for his glory, but for our good. He loves us. He loves us with an everlasting love. Let's just pray together. I don't want cold religion, God. All I want is your presence. What else can satisfy? Make my life your reflection. Like an echo of heaven, what can compare? A million lifetimes filled with worship, I still can't fathom your greatness. So I will live my life surrendered. For you are worthy. For you are worthy, God. This is more than emotion. More than chasing a moment. How can I honor you? Make that your prayer today. How can I honor you, God? I was made in your image. Now I run in your purpose. What more could I need? A million lifetimes filled with worship. I still can't fathom your greatness. So I will live my life surrendered for you are worthy. For you are worthy, God. And now we live to worship all that we are to love you, God. Take our lives, we lay them down. Take our lives today, God, we lay them down. Father God, you alone are worthy of all honor today. You alone are worthy of all honor. We exalt and esteem you today. We bow before you today in your excellence and your majesty. You alone are preeminent and important and worthy today. Worthy, worthy, worthy are you, O God. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we have bowed to other things, for the times we have thought it was acceptable to give your honor to anything other than you. Forgive us, God. Help us to live lives that are beacons of your honor and glory to those around us. We say to you today, take our lives. We lay them down. We will live our lives surrendered for you are worthy. 
take all the honor and all the praise today. Perhaps you're in this place today and you have never made a commitment to follow after Christ. You've listened to me speak, you've listened to Aaron speak, you've listened to the songs being sung. All you need to know today is that Jesus came, God, he came in the form of a man and he took all of your sin, all of that bad stuff, he took it. He died for you on that cross. He poured out his life for you because he loves you. And he rose again from the dead so that we can have the hope of living eternally with him. So that we can be forgiven. So that we can be set free of all that stuff in our lives that is just rubbish sometimes. Perhaps today you want to say, I want to bow to you today, Jesus. I want to give my life to honor you. If you do, I'm just going to pray a very simple prayer. And you can repeat it inside of your heart. God can see that because he's very clever. He can see what you're praying inside your heart. Just repeat after me. Father God, I need you. My way isn't working. Forgive me for my sin. Thank you that you died for me. Today I choose to follow you. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Teach me what it means to follow Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, if everyone can just keep their eyes closed. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, if you can just put your hand up, I'm going to be the only one that can see it. These guys, don't worry about them. They can see it too. <laughs> That's fine. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you've said to God, you know that you walked away and that you've recommitted to follow him, just put your hand in the air. It's okay. There's nothing scary about it. I'm not going to come and start laying my hands on you. Yeah, I can see that hand over there. Yeah, I can see it. You know, every time a sinner repents, there is rejoicing in heaven. And do you know a way of honoring him? is to celebrate that fact. <laughs> yeah. He is honored when every single life is given over to him. And so God, we thank you. We pray for that person here today. God, will you help them as they can start their journey with you? Thank you, Lord. <laughs>